Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. How's your hope? I mean, how is that thing inside of you right now? Like, has your hope tank? Say hope is a tank and you're filled up going, wow, I can believe God for anything. I'm hoping God for anything. Or is it a little diminished? You're kind of in that thing of like, when does this thing ever end, right? And you're like looking at what governor's saying and stuff like that. I don't want you to look at what anybody's doing out here because the reality is if you're watching this at home and there's more than two of you in, in that place of, of viewing it, my Bible says that wherever two or more come gathered in the name of Jesus, he's there. There's hope there. And so let's just get out of that thing. I'm gonna proclaim right now, Father, wherever we're at, and if there's two or more, like right now, this whole, no, it's not. We only have like five of us here right now. It, wherever two or more come, he's in the midst. And it's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's just a reality of the Lord. And so sometimes when I talk about hope, we have hope that's a little flat. You ever take a basketball and, and oh, it's flat? And then you get a basketball that's overpumped. It's like, ding, ding, ding. I want you to have bounce back hope being loosed over you right now. It's kind of like, anybody a Rocky fan at all? Okay. People say I look like Rocky. No, that's not true. <laughs> but I like the last one. Remember the last one? He's having this dialogue with his son, and his son is like feeling bad about himself and blaming everybody and projecting out on everybody. And Rocky, in all his elegance, says, you know, it, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward, that's how winning's done. So in the midst of all of this, and the hits are coming, and all these things are coming, how's your hope? Are you still moving forward, or are you, have you moved back a little bit? Or maybe you're lying down a little bit. You're like, <laughs> right? I, I want to pray an infusion of hope be loosed over you today as I ask you that question, because hope is one of the three great treasures of the human heart. I've been talking about this in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now, three things will abide, and literally the word means three things will last forever. We get out of this domain, we head into heaven. Wherever we're at, three things will remain forever. Faith, hope, and love. And we always go, yeah, well, the greatest is love, but they go together. It's like when the, the Bible says a cord of three is hard to be broke. Faith, hope, and love, they, they're complement to one another. It, it's, like, it's like sriracha and, blue, and ranch dressing. They just go together. I don't know if that, that makes sense. Anyways, hope is one of those things. It's one of the three great treasures. Hope is the cornerstone, and the fate of the others depend on hope's resilience that is going inside of you. Hope is an empowerment, and it's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, we talked in Romans 15. Now, may the God of hope, may the God of hope. So it's an empowerment of the nature of God. Let me tell you a true story. 19, way back in the day, there was a Harvard graduate named Kurt Richard. And he, he, he's going to end up working for the Hop, uh, John Hopkins Research uh, so he was a scientist there, and he did experiments on rats. Why do they always mess with rats? I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a rat. So he took rats, put them in a container, filled the container up with water, but the lip of the thing was too far for them to get over. And he wanted to see in this experiment how long the rats could tread water. Kind of a deviant thing. I don't know where he got that idea. 
probably been in quarantine too long. So, he, <laughs> so he's there and he's going, how long can these rats tread water? And so what they found out was, any guesses? The rats lasted 15 minutes. And so they didn't make it. And, and so then he does it again. He goes, I'm going to do an, another experiment this time. I'm going to let the rats go in the water. And just at that point where they're kind of lose it, I'm going to take them out. And he takes the rats out of the water. Does CPR? No. <laughs> no. Gets the rats resuscitated and dries them off and gets them comfortable. And then he puts them back in the water to see how long they would last this time. Any wild guesses? Like, how long did those rats survive? First time was 15 minutes. Any guesses on the second one? No. 60 hours. 60 hours. Those rats that only could make it 15 minutes before, now they're treading water for 60 hours. And so Dr. Richard, who's not a Christian, not a believer, he, he, he came to this conclusion, if the rat was temporarily saved, it would survive 240 times longer than if it was not temporarily saved. And that doesn't make any sense. But this is the sense that he concluded from his research. Dr. Richard concluded that rats were able to swim longer because they were given hope. Now, if it works on a rat, it might work on you. See, because what does hope mean to us? Most of us, we're not swimming the, the high-sided bucket, but, but we often find ourselves swimming in big buckets of change. And in the midst of change, does hope help us to change? Where Hope is that anchor, like, well, I know I was rescued here. Now I got an infusion of hope. That's what I'm going to pray for you at the end of this, that God would get you in that place. And I can't take you out of the bucket, but I believe that the bucket can come down on you with his presence and his glory in the, in today when we conclude this. Now, you're hardwired for hope. The Bible says in Ecclesiastics that in each one of us is given the sense of eternity. So inside of us, we're hardwired for hope, we're hardwired for purpose, and we're hardwired for destiny. It's that God thing that's inside of us. And, and so what do I mean by that? See, a lot of us aren't looking at how God looks at us. And John says, when we come into the kingdom of God, we're now a child of God. We're an heir. Ephesians says that we're his masterpiece, that we're a royal priest, a chosen generation that is who we are and that should be our hope if anything gets in the way of that and messes with us now I don't know if anybody ever played baseball Did anybody play baseball at all I was a catcher and so as a catcher I was a professional trash talker right your mama so you know you're just doing all these things to mess it up you they teach baseball at least they did when I was a little kid the outfielders because how many know if you have little guys who are playing little league they're like ah. Baseball mitts down, they're walking around. So the coaches were like, start giving them stuff. They'd be like, hey, bada, 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 swing, bada. <laughs> they're talking trash. They're messing with them. And the devil is all about, you think you can do this? There's no way. Swing, you're never going to make this. And he tries to bring about hopelessness, but there's something that infuses us like, no, I know who I am. I've been bought with a price. I'm a chosen person. That God, I'm not at this. This is what I love about Jesus. I no longer call you slave, but I call you friend. So many of us, see, on, we're operating this thing, a slave's always, am I pleasing to you? Can, am I worthy enough to just, if I do the right things and work hard enough, am I going to be accepted? And Jesus is like, you're not a slave. 
See, we always talk about the prodigal son, and there's really two prodigals. The older one's a prodigal because he didn't know he had the mentality, he's working out with the help, that any time he can access the father's, father's house and presence. And so in Psalm 42, probably a familiar passage with you, right? As the deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. We've sung that song, I don't know, old school song. But, but really it's a song of David going through despair or depression. And David, it's almost like he questions the emotional state that he's in. And he's going to say this. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why, why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. Now, do you get what David says? David is checking out his condition. How are you doing? I'm not doing good. I'm going to redirect it. Hey, well, then I'm putting my hope in God. See, when we activate, we are in this thing of flesh and spirit. Flesh hates spirit. You know, anybody says, you know, make a joyful noise to the Lord, or you try worshiping God when you don't feel like worshiping God, it's one of the hardest things you can possibly do, right? I feel like the kids from the lollipop guild, like, I love to worship Jesus Christ, right? My flesh doesn't want to do that, but when I activate on that, something breaks through, and I'm leaving that flesh domain, and I'm coming in the spirit of God, and that is what David is doing in Psalm 42. He's questioning, why are you so downcast? So he's speaking. Almost like he's speaking to himself. Why am I this way? Why am I so disturbed? I need to put my hope in God. Not the circumstances, not what's going on here. That's not my provider. That's not, that's not the thing I'm dealing with. I'm going to put my hope into God. So King David had a personal relationship with God, and he trusted God no matter what. So he questions, number one, this. And so this is what you need to do. Question the condition of the soul. It, it, it's being self-aware, right? Like, okay, yeah, it's okay to feel certain things. You're, no one can negate your feeling. Like, how you doing? Horrible. Well, you shouldn't feel horrible. Does that ever help? No, because that's the condition you're in. Question the condition. Why am I in this place that I'm in? He was aware. Secondly, he redirects his distribution to a, his dis disruption to a construction of hope. I'm going to say that again because he redirects his disruption to a construction of hope. In the midst of this disruption that we're in, we need to have a construction laying down a foundation of hope in an unprecedented way. Hey, can, you just, can I just ask you a question? Do you think like any of this stuff is surprising to God? Oh, I never saw that coming. Wow, I, I, right? He works all things to the good to those who love him and called according to his purpose. So in this, in, this can be a disruption, or we can look at it differently. Why am I this way? It's going to be a construction of the foundation of God. My roots are going to go down deeper into the things of God than they ever have before. So let it be a dis destruction, because there's a lot of things that can try to distract your, your hope, disappointment. You can try to discouragement, disconnection, discontentment, disillusionment, deception, despair. Jesus is the only one who can fill up our hope tanks. He wants to take you out and dry you off and fill your tank today. So question here, how is my soul doing today? Am I just going along the pattern of like someday I'll get out of this? Or am I stopping, pausing and going, so why are you so in despair? 
I'm going to put my hope in you. I got misdirected hope. It's circumstantial hope. And your circumstances are always going to change. But I'm going to put my hope on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So question yourself. Hope is one of God's three greatest treasures, and it is an empowerment. So how do we fill up our tank of hope? Romans 12.12 says this. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Now, number one, rejoice. You get the, oh, oh, I'm going to rejoy. I had joy. Now I'm going to rejoy myself. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to start rejoicing in hope that, that, that you, you encourage yourself like, okay, this, I, I'm in despair, but I remember God. I remember his promise to me. I remember God brought, now I'm rejoying myself. I, I'm getting new joy. I'm not taking the old joy. I'm going to rejoice in hope, and I'm going to be patient in tribulation. You ever get wiggy? You know, like, ah! You ever get wiggy? I remember one time, like, like, I remember one time I had, I was like out mowing my lawn in Virginia, right? And there's railroad ties. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to cut around those railroad ties today. So I moved the railroad ties, but little did I know that inside was a, a, like a yellow jacket hive or whatever like that. So I'm mowing, I'm feeling like something itchy. And all of a sudden I looked down, I'm like, I had like a quadrillion, that might be an exaggeration, of yellow jackets all over me. And so I'm like, ah! Like, I'm like, ah, right? I, I, I wasn't patient in my tribulation. <laughs> so you need to be patient in your tribulation. Sometimes we get in tribulation, I want to get out of this. But what if God leaves you in tribulation as a, te- as a way of going, hey, I'm increasing in you right now. Faith is almost like a muscle. If you don't use it, it atrophies. But when you start utilizing your faith, it just gets stronger. That well, oh, I got assurance. I, I have this coordination in the things of the spirit that God is doing with inside my life. And then this is the third thing. So this is like the one, two, three punch. I'm going to rejoice in hope. I'm going to be patient in tribulation. And I'm going to be constant in prayer. So it's one of those things. I, I, I don't know how you guys view this, but I just know that, that in my years, days under the sun, I have got to get in the presence of God. I got to pray. And so I say this. I remember one time I was on a church staff, and on the phone it said, little prayer, little power. Great prayer, great power. Now, I don't, I don't pray to get power. It's just something as a residual of being in his presence. You, you start praying, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, how, how, how's this even going on, right? And so, so be constant in prayer. Put that on your wire. Rejoice. The Lord is going to do that. Philippians 4.4 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. always, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So, so cr- your joy always does this. So, so you ever see those TV shows? I've never had this happen. They, they got the balloons out. They got this gigantic check. They ring the doorbell. Hi, we're with Publishers Clearinghouse. Here's a check and you will get, right? And so you're like, yeah, that's what I've always wanted. So you rejoice. If that's your hope, like your hope is, I, I don't get that. It, 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 you need to rejoice yourself because hope is tied to that thing that gets you excited. Whatever hits our joy button will reveal our true heart. So Pastor Nick, what's your home run? I love, I'm addicted to the presence of God. That's, I just love, and if you don't even get what I mean, it's like, it's like when the Lord shows up and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's in the room. I remember years ago, I was 21 years old, there was this guy named Mahesh Shevda, 
and he was in our, in our group, and the, and the room started smelling like roses. The presence was baking like there was a cloud. It's like, you know, I should just put on the fog machine right now. I was like, it's here now. No. <laughs> but I could just feel the presence, and, and, and it's just like, what is that? I've never been in that type of thing. I've been in religious services, but I hadn't been in a service where God actually showed up and manifest presence, and this lady's like, oh, he's the Rosa Sharon. I'm like, what do you mean by that, right? Only to find out that, that I love, I love being in the presence of God. How do you get there? Be still. We live in an upside-down kingdom. We have these paradoxes. Be still. I don't want to be still. I want to run. I want to make this happen. Be patient. Rejoice yourself. Rejoice. Be patient. Be consistent. The word rejoice, it's really a, almost a, a weak translation in the Greek. It means to exalt with exuberance. So when I'm rejoicing, it's not like <laughs> trivial hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. No, it's, it's, coming from, it's coming from my innermost. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Woo! Woo! It's a spiritual term. It's like Selah. It's like it's it's coming from the very essence of who I am. It's not passive, it's active, it's conscious. I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. I'm gonna get excited about Jesus. I'm gonna shout. Sometimes you go people that well, you're just too emotional. Yeah, because love love has this connotation that it consumes you. You know, for those of you who are married, you didn't go up to your spouse and go, I love you. I think I'm just warm for your form. You are babelicious. You didn't say any of those things. You looked and you're like, oh my gosh. Like, we, my wife and I have been married 33 years. And I remember looking at my wife, I still do today, like, wow. Like, she, she actually likes me. <laughs> this is nuts, right? And so, so you're exuberant, right? I didn't get down on my knees and, and just was a casual thing. It was trembling. I, I don't know how you guys were, but I was just trembling and shaking, like, you know, because there's that bit of time, like, are you going to say yes? Or are you going to go, uh-uh? <laughs> and I remember opening the ring and asking her, and she said, yes. I, I was exuberant. I was like, yes. And so you need to get that rejoices. I'm exuberant. Paul almost seems like superhuman in his contentment, doesn't he? I mean, look at what Paul says, rejoice, when he says that in Philippians, right? Because he had learned the secret of being content in all things. That Paul had those, those things that no food, no problem, I'm rejoicing. I'm in prison, no problem. I'm being beaten, shipwrecked, no problem. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to rejoice in my tank. I'm treading water, but he's going to bring me to solid ground. I'm going to rejoice in that. So God doesn't leave us stranded on our islands of discontentment. Because later on in Philippians, Paul, Paul's going to share his secret of how he got this way. Philippians 4.13, I can do through him who gives me strength all things. So you got to go through him. He's the filter. If you're going through anything else, you're not going to have it. But when you go through him, I can do all things. So let me give you things, how to fill up our hope tank. Anybody want to get your hope tank filled up today? I know I do, right? So Paul's going to give us some how-tos. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So number one, it's, it's this worry thing. Luke's gospel, Jesus is going to say, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? So number one is, don't worry, be happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we're recording this. 
<laughs> Don't worry. Jesus is like, why are you worrying? You're not going to, your worrying is not going to add anything to it. Take it in the 24. You got 24 hours. You can't worry about what happened yesterday. You can't worry about tomorrow. You have today. Rejoice in this. Don't worry. Worry focuses on the wrong thing. Worry focuses on, on oh my gosh, I, I can't do this. I used to surf, and so when we surfed the Huntington Beach, there'd be like three breaks. There'd be like a little break, a middle break, and then an outside break. And on a big day, like you get past the, the one break, you're like, okay, I just got through this little one. And then you get over the other one, and then all of a sudden you got this like monstrous, like 25-foot face wave, and you're like, ha, 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 and then you get over the top of it. And this back spray hits you. Sometimes some of us right now, we're just paddling. I think I can. I think I can. I, 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 I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I made it. Yes. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. That's just that is a good story. Don't worry. He's got you. He's got you. He, he, if you only get the understanding, the revelation, that thing that's hitting you, is how much, how much, how much he's for you and not against you, he's going to get you through. So don't worry because worry focuses on the wrong things. When that feeling comes, and, and you and I can remind ourselves that we have to direct our access to him. That I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Feelings are like a roller coaster. Reality says, I'm going to start. I'm going to start him. Let me tell you a true story. I remember I would only give prophetic words if I had feelings. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how you guys roll, but I'm like, I can feel him. The hairs on the back of my head would stand up or my arms would stand up. I'm like, okay, now I can prophesy because I'm feeling. And I'm speaking at this, at this thing. They asked me to come in and speak. They want me to minister prophetically, but I wasn't feeling it. So I wheezed out. I got everybody in these like stupid prophetic exercises because I, I wasn't feeling him. And so I heard the Lord go, Nick, they didn't invite you here to do your stupid prophetic exercises. And I'm like, yeah, Lord, but I'm not feeling you. And then I felt like the Lord say, am I a feeling to you? And I'm like, no, Lord. Then step out in faith. So at that moment, I remember like, I get in front of the group and go, you guys, I'm so sorry. I started crying. I'm like, you invited me here to do this. And I wheezed out and I'm so sorry. Like, like, and then I stepped out in faith. There's a Vietnamese guy there, Quinn Vu. I go, Quinn, this is what I said. I go, Quinn. I go, I go, the Lord told me that this week you're going to lose your job, but rejoice because by the end of the week you're going to get a new job. Now, when I teach prophetic stuff, I'm like, never give times, dates, anything, like no mates, dates, or babies. But I just gave them a date, like this week. Like, I got down the mountain, I'm like, why did I say that? Like, they're going to know I'm a false prophet. And by the way, false prophets aren't people who miss a word. They're people with character issues, and that's in Jude chapter 11. So I'm driving down the mountain, and, and then it's like Wednesday. And Wednesday, I get a phone call, and I pick it up, and it's Quinn Vu. Pastor Nick, I'm so excited. I go, why? He goes, I got fired today. And I started laughing. I started praying, like, Lord, please let him get a job by Friday. And he got a job by Friday. You just never know. Don't let it be a feeling. So number one, how do I, how do I fill my hope tank up? Don't worry. Number two, give thanks. Give thanks. Now, giving thanks, does anybody remember when you first started to learn how to type? Like, like does, I was like in the eighth grade. And it's like, duka, duka, old typewriter. Typewriters, if you're like a millennial, I'll have to explain that to you. The, the, the typewriter, I mean, the typewriter like this. Now today I'm like, what is that? 
Well, you have muscle response, right? Your muscles just know how to do it. Do you know that your brain is wired up with neuroplasticity? Like when you start acting on things, it literally sets up new neurotransmitters. This is research by Dr. Carolyn Leaf that your brain actually rewires. So when you start going, hey, I'm in this situation and, and I used to operate by fear, I'm gonna start processing and, and, and praising God. I'll tell you, this is, I'm gonna share this with you. This is, this is me. I, I've learned to capture my thoughts. Like whenever I, like a thought comes out, we're like, oh, you can't do this, or you get angry at this person. I just stop and I go, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm not gonna meditate on that, why? I want my, my brain needs a lot of rewiring. So Paul instructs his, his readers in Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, let your mind dwell on these things. And the more we think about praiseworthy gifts, the more we're laying down those things in our brains that it is gonna increase our hope tank. And so Paul's gonna say later in 1 Thessalonians, in 5, 16, and 17, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you. Isn't that cool? This is God's will for you, in Christ Jesus. And so you want to know what the will of God is? Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks. Your hope tank is going to fill up. And so what's my point on this? You are born for more. We just don't get born again. We're like, I got born again. For what? Because you're born and created for more. You're an ambassador of him, of the God of hope in this season. So let me give an example of this. I don't know if you've ever come to caves. They're in San Diego. There's some in Kentucky where they have stalactites and stalagmites. Has anybody been there? Like these giant like, like caves and they got these, these mineral deposits through thousands of years that come down and they're really epic. You see the stalactites and stalagmites come down. You know how they're formed? They're formed like this. Like a drop of water will come down and it has minerals in it. And that one drop will come down, and through the years, it starts to form a rock pillar. Your thoughts are like that. Drippy. No. <laughs> one thought at a time starts forming things in you that become permanent. And so when the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, renew your mind. Renew your mind. How do I going to do that? I'm going to take every thought captive. What do I mean by that? I'm gonna start proclaiming the hope of God be loosed over my life that I would see, see that thing happen. It goes with Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks within himself, so he is. Are you with me on that? So in this period of time, church, can I ask you this? How's your hope? Are, are you treading water thinking I'm not gonna make it? Or do you know, hey, he's rescued me here before. I can go 60 hours. I can go 240 times longer because he is with me. He's rescued me once. He's put me on that solid ground. This is nothing. Now, I don't want to say that in a, in a condemnating way. I want to say that in a way that makes you look at him. And so I want to close this up by asking you this because one of God's three treasures is hope. And the question you state is, Jesus, how is, my, how is my soul? And I want you to re redirect my lack of hope to peace to the Prince of Peace. Can we do that right now? And so if you're in a place, I just want you to close your eyes right now. Close your eyes right now. And as David said, why are you so downcast, my soul? Trust in God. 
And as you redirect and your eyes are on upon him, not situations, not hearing the, the voices of the world and listening to all the news and feeding our things with, with the, the thing that really brings fear and angst, Lord, we just listen to your voice right now. Father, that you're for us and not against us. Come Holy Spirit right now with an infusion of hope. Let loose creative ideas. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine gifts. And you can look up at me. There are nine gifts. Five of those nine gifts are revelatory gifts. That just means they involve hearing the voice of God. And a word of wisdom is a revelatory gift to know what to do in certain periods of time. For example, Joseph had a word of wisdom to go, we're going to be in famine for seven years. Let me build these, these things. I want to pray. I'm hearing so many testimonies in, about business people being loose the word of wisdom. I, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and what the, guy, the inventor of frog tape. Have you all seen frog tape? It's not the blue tape. It's the green tape. And that guy got like $14 million even before that was marketed. And so if you're wondering, the acrostic frog means fully rely on God. And so, Lord, I want to pray right now, Father, that you just loose to us in this period of time creative ideas. I want to pray over songwriters right now that new songs be created from this. That, Lord, new worship be loosed right now. That, Father, for those that are prayer warriors, that, Father, they'd have a, a, a revelation that just, revelation means something that's hidden, they can't see. That, Lord, you just lose things through them they haven't seen. And for all of you out there right now, the hope of the living God be loosed over you right now. Now, listen, I give this opportunity every time I speak. I cannot say this with any more enthusiasm or passion or assurance. The things of heaven are real. There was a man named Jesus Christ. And unlike any other religious leader, he claims to be God. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen God. And he makes these exclusive claims. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Well, why would he say that? That's offensive because love speaks truth. I have a grandson. I like bacon. I believe, thank you, Jesus. Bacon is one of the, my favorite four food groups. Bacon goes good on everything. Bacon's like an accelerant. just makes everything that much better. And it might, if the other, when I was back in Montana, I was cooking some bacon. And I got a big skillet because really the only ethical thing about cooking bacon is you got to cook at least a pound of it. And I had a full thing of grease going on. He's running over to grab the pan because he wanted bacon. I'm like, Isaiah, don't touch that. And he's looking at me defiant, like, what, because you want it all, Papa? I'm like, no, don't touch that. And so he got defiant. He went up and grabbed it. I'm like, I, I had to push my hands away. And he got offended. He started crying. Now, why did I push that away? Because I didn't want him to get burned. And Jesus so loves you. And he wants you to listen. He's, he's laying it down. He so loves you. He's the way. And I, I just believe there's some people out here right now. And the Lord's saying, hey, you've gone your way. I'm here. And he's calling out to you right now. Hey, come here. Turn around. That's just what repent means. Turn around. Come to me. Come to me. I love you. And if you're feeling it in that heart right now, it's just a simple prayer. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, fill me. My life's open to you. I'm going to follow you with all my life. In the name of Jesus. And Father, bless my friends today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? 
Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.